Now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Isaiah 53, and I'm interweaving the Easter story with the atonement, and I want to talk about it a little bit, and that is to say that you're not only saved by the blood of Jesus, but you are also healed by the blood of Jesus. So when people tell you, well, healing's not for us today, that is not true. Healing is for us today. Does anybody believe that? So we're really talking about salvation and healing. Now, obviously, I'm not going to talk about everything about salvation, but we know, of course, that salvation is the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The Apostle Paul said that we are buried with him in baptism. So it is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And it takes the death and the burial and the resurrection and the preaching of that. And that in itself is a lesson. So I'm not, I'm not going to be teaching about the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm talking about salvation and healing that are provided in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, we could, we could use the word atonement. Can you say that word, word with me? Atonement. All right. Now, we looked at this last time, but I want to go back to Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. There should be a D there. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we sh should behold him. He is despised and rejected of men. So what we're, what we're getting here is a description of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when you see him up on the cross, of course, I know I've already said that, but when you see him up there, there's no comeliness. There's nothing about it that you would say, wow, the, let's get a picnic basket. It is a very... A dreadful sight indeed. He is despised and rejected of men. And so I don't know why we think that, that we're going to be loved by the world. Folks, we're not going to be loved by the world. The, I don't mean res, there could be respect or kindness and so on. But the underlying despising of spiritual things is, you know why? You know where the dis, despising comes from? It comes from the devil. The devil inspires that because people are whatever happens within them. And then the, the, he was rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So now listen to me. Some of you are already, you know, folks, it's just here we are. There's no such thing as getting healed without seeking God for it. And there's no such thing as being saved without seeking God for it. Now, we're living in a world where, oh, everything, oh, oh I just, I don't have to do anything. I just God loves me no matter what. I could murder you and everybody else. It wouldn't make a bit of difference. Folks, let me tell you, that, okay, so we know that's not possible. That I could just do anything, murder anybody, and I'm okay. That I don't have to pray a single prayer, don't have to live anything remotely like Jesus, and I'm still a Christian. It's like saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. How does that make any sense? I'm a Christian, but I'm not a thing like Jesus. I'm the meanest, most vile person ever lived, but I'm just like Jesus. Well, no, you're not. I mean, if you're either like Jesus or you're not like Jesus. Now, I get this constant, steady question about hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. You know, what about the hypocrites? You'd be surprised how many people plan to walk into heaven and use hypocrites as the reason that they should get in. Not salvation, 
Not the blood of Jesus, because they were too busy, whatever, on the, on the golf course. They had no time whatsoever for that. But they really believed that all the hypocrites prove that nobody's good enough to get to heaven. Everybody's just a bunch of no goods, basically. Of course, my first question, okay, so you think everybody's a no good. Do you know everybody first? Let's ask that question. Well, no. Well, then how could you possibly know that everybody's a no good? I mean, there might be one person out there, maybe somewhere. You, you, you haven't met them. They're, they're, they're not an ogre. All right, so he's despised, rejected of men. If you reject him, then the consequences will result. The, the way you access the atonement is to accept him, to, to pray and seek his face and so forth. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Now look at verse 4. Can you see it there? I hope it's, I know it's a little blurry there. Surely he hath borne our griefs. All right, so there's number one. Everybody say, borne our griefs. That means, of course, that means something. He has borne our griefs. Let's kind of think of it in a couple ways here. It was my grief. See, it says, how many sees that it says our griefs? All right, this was my sorrow. This was my grief. And he has borne it upon himself. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, devil, we got news for you today. It may have been mine, but I turned it over to Jesus. Hallelujah. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken. In other words, we felt he ought to be crucified. Smitten of God and afflicted. Verse 5. But. He was wounded for our transgressions. I typed that so fast I left a word. I'm sorry. He was wounded for our transgressions. In other words, it was on my behalf. And so anybody that says I don't need salvation, that's a rejection of God. You say, I don't need God. I don't need help. I don't need an answer. I'm not a sinner. And there's no such thing as sin. Everything we do is okay. Doesn't matter what it is because it doesn't. Anybody that's talking like that is not going to access salvation nor healing because they're both provided for in the atonement. Can you say amen? So we, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, the very thing that brought about our peace, that was upon him. And with his stripes, let's read that together, and with his stripes, we are healed. Now, we're going to go back over here. Let's go to the next slide. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, Psalm 103, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Can you read verse 2? Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not, all his benefits. So you, do you see that what's being built here in the psalm is that if I'm going to receive something from the Lord, there must be a response from me. It never says, go ahead and murder anybody you want, beat little children up, and throw them across the room. It, there, are, there are no consequences. It doesn't say that. Just imagine. Just, here, let's write a psalm for these people. You can beat on your wife. You can steal and hate but that's okay. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You ever read a psalm like that? Some of you are looking at me kind of funny. I don't know why. Um, no, I do. I'm just kidding. I know why. All right. So bless the Lord, oh my soul. And what am I not to do? I'm not to forget all of his benefits. 
If you're going to receive, here's what I recommend. If you need something from the Lord, don't forget what he's already done for you. Hallelujah. He's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Hallelujah. Now, here's what the sinful heart says. If you wouldn't be in that hospital, you wouldn't have that horrible, if God really cared about it. That's what the devil, that's, that's what the sinful heart says. Blames everything on God. Now, you think about somebody. Let's say you're being blamed. The money's gone. They're blaming you, and you know you didn't take it. Who? Why would someone lie? Why do people lie? They lie for a reason. Don't that, that, that make sense? The money's gone, and somebody took it, unless, of course, it just dissolved into thin air, which is very unlikely. So they blame it on you. All right, verse 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities... Who healeth all thine diseases. Now what we're doing here, we're looking at some, a couple Old Testament things. So everybody say Old Testament. So nobody back in the, in the Old Testament, many, thousands of years back. Now we're, we're reviewing this because we're going to race through some other things. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go quickly. I am the Lord, Exodus 15. So I am the Lord that healeth thee. So I've given you this little picture of, uh, I mean I didn't draw this picture. But uh, it, it seems almost... I'm almost certain that that had to be written by, well, just several reasons. That, that was written by a Jewish individual. For one, for one thing, I teach Hebrew. Um, this something tells me that was not written by a Christian. That was written by a Jewish individual that was highlighting the fact that here we have, in, in, uh, here we have the, one of the names of God where you take the name of God for example, I'll do this. I've, I know I've got to hurry. Don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. I know I have to hurry. All right. Oh. We're, I'm sorry. We're on the next one. That's good. I, 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 I'm just thinking. All right. So, so this, the, the, the fact that this is written out like this, and it does. I, I can just tell you right now, that's written by a Jewish individual. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost here. My goodness, I'm trying to teach on healing. All right, so see that word, what's that word right there? Adonai. Woo! Well, the word Adonai is not even up there. The only person that would put Adonai there is a Jewish individual because that word is not Adonai. That's the name Yahweh Jehovah. But they would never write that out. Only a Jewish individual would do this. So I'm just telling you, don't know him, never met him. But that's, that's done by a, a Hebrew individual. So they're saying this says Adonai uh, Rafecha, of course, which is, which is here in the Hebrew going this direction. That's why I'm pointing at it, which, of course, is that he is the, the Lord that heals or he is the healer, the Lord, the healer. Which we typically refer to as Jehovah Rapha. Could we say that together? Jehovah Rapha. So Jehovah is a commonly pronounced way of. <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay. I better not set this down. All right. Jehovah Rapha is a commonly pronounced way of saying this word right here. Yahovah. That's how that's taken. Now, when I say commonly, I don't mean that. Everybody would agree it's pronounced that way because the name of God is so holy and has been so protected by 
through the generations that they have uh, done all kinds of things to keep people from even saying the name of God. Think of that. Think of a generation that was so careful to protect the name of God. How many believes we ought to uh, keep the name of the Lord sacred in our lives? So here's what I'd recommend. I'm going to get really into it here since I get to leave in just a second and let the praise team come. You should not be cursing using the name of God. No, you should not be doing it. Ask yourself why we got a culture filled with people that when they want to curse, they use religious terms. They never talk about God except when they're cussing. Okay, so you need to ask yourself that. And you need to stop it. And don't say, well, I was really, really mad. That needs to stop. And your kids need to see that you've stopped it. I'm no longer doing that. I've, I've, got, I've gotten it out. Hey, you say, you're just, that's just right. No, no, folks. I was raised in a home. Where they drank, they smoked, they cussed like sailors. That mean I was going to do it. Never drank a beer. And yet I used to gather the beer cans by the bucket loads. All right. So we might want to erase that back and cut that part out. Okay. My point is that his name is holy and sacred. Now, in the, the further point is that the common way of speaking of the Lord's name was to link it with the word healer. Jehovah Rapha. Praise God. That's how important healing was in God's mind. Because we may be in a world that's full of sickness. And I uh, let me look around. I had a... a a son, uh, my assistant pastors, my oldest son had tetralogy, had four open heart surgeries before he was six years old. I had a second son that had leukemia and was on chemo for three years. It took him five years to fully overcome leukemia. And God touched it. If it hadn't been for the touch of God, we, we would have never made it through that. And yet here we are knowing that in this troubled world with all of these things, how many knows that no matter what you're facing, we serve a God that is greater than our trouble. Hallelujah. He took it upon himself. So you can say it in yourself. He took it upon himself. Hallelujah. And he did. All right, that's, that's good. That's good. All right, now let's go on. All right, next slide. So the Old Testament ends with this promise of healing. That is, it, it's, it's not just a little thing we kind of, oh, well, healing. It is very, very important. Malachi 4, verse 2, uh, and the King James says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness. Yeah, Lord, I, I feared your name. Of course, I cursed it every day I lived. I spoke your, your name in such cursive ways, in such uh, unbelievably unkind ways. But I really cared about you, Lord. You're going to have a tough time explaining that. To try it on your wife or your husband, cause, using their name as a curse word. No, don't. That, that's, not, that's, that's rhetorical. You know what rhetorical means? You're saying something, you don't mean it at all. Like, well, if you don't understand it, I can't explain it here. Uh, don't, don't use your spouse's name that way. But if you ever did try it, I can guarantee you would understand fully you, that's not to be done. First of all, his name is sacred. And uh, it's like the Bible. Uh, someone used to say, why don't you lay your Bible on the ground? I've never laid my Bible on the ground. So I said, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't lay your Bible on the ground. I know that. It's, I'm going to, hey, if I want to not lay my Bible on the ground, you're not going to stop me. 
When I was in the university, they didn't want me bringing my Bible. They didn't want me bringing a Bible. I said, you sue me. You sue me. I'm bringing my Bible. Now, there was no Bible verse that said, you have to take your Bible to class. And when I graduated valedictorian, my Bible was there. You know why? Because everybody, they knew that Talmadge had a Bible. It was the number one thing in his life. And I did all of that. Not a single one of my family members went to church. Now they do. They do now. I'm just saying I'm talking about back, you know, about three or four years ago. I knew the, that fear the name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Because we, we just lift our hands and thank God for allowing it to rise up like wings of eagles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good to us and we so thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Now, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's continue. Next slide. Now, Easter, of course, is uh, all about Jesus living. And we just sang about it. He lives. He lives. So his victory over death means that he also holds provision for our victory. That uh, the, the means of our victory is not being talented, good-looking, wealthy, uh, so on and so forth. The means of our provision is in his victory. We have to trust in his victory. So you say, someone said, well, I already prayed and I didn't get healed. So I'm mad at God. Well, I don't see how that's going to help anything. I can tell you right now, I, I, I beat the floor. I have beat the floor till my, my knuckles were sore. But I don't, under, I don't know what to do about it. I need you, Lord. So nobody's making light of the fact that these are very difficult things. They are. One day they handed me a million-dollar doctor's bill. And I had about how many dollars? One or two. And that's what we had to pay. And it seemed, I told Sister French, I said, I... I, I I need to just, I need to turn my license in and just say, I, I have failed. I can't, I, I can't do it. I can't even keep my kids healthy. Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But for every one of those fears and for every one of those moments, I could begin to describe to you God beginning to heal and God miraculously bringing us through. One time the Lord touched Ryan. He had had four open heart surgeries. I'm going to say it very briefly. And uh, someone said to me, you need to quit praying. Because if God would let him go through four, and then you think he's going to heal him on the fifth time, I said, I believe God could have healed him on the first. And I do not know why. I know we survived it. And a million dollars in bills were paid when the Holy Ghost spoke to us, a lawyer called me and said, here's what you do, Reverend. Do it right now. Get on the phone right now. And I got on the phone. I began to call. And before we were done, God had wiped out down to $5,000. And so I had a, a minister friend that uh, heard about it and said, I hear you still owe $5,000. I said, it doesn't matter. We'll find it some way or other. We'll, we'll do, we'll find you already found it. He said, I, I've got it in the mail. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. 
You say, uh, someone said, nobody has a right to talk about healing that had a son that had cancer and nearly died. I want to tell you right now, I have every right in the world to tell you that God is a healer. Praise God. I can only, I can, I, okay, I, I can't talk about it now. I can only talk about it. I have to look around because it's not fair to them. For me, I can, you know, I see it as kind of fair if they don't, not in here. Don't tell them I said that. Okay. So our victory is through his provision. Christ's death atoned. Everybody say atoned. Which, well, let's just say that means he takes care of it. It atoned for our sins vicariously. In other words, I didn't do it. He did it. He did it vicariously. Meaning that he took our place. I mean, I, I think you get it. And he died on our behalf. And the enemy then can do absolutely nothing about it. For example, the enemy might say, oh, no, no, judge. Don't, oh, no, judge. Don't let him go because they're not, that's not fair. But they can't stop it. The judge says, no, it's been, I, I have it right here in front of me. It's been, let me look here. It says, this little note says, uh, taken care of in full right here. Yeah, but that, that, that's the man right there. He, he hated me. It, does, it says right here, he's been completely taken care of. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All because that he conquered death. So divine healing is provided in this atonement as well as salvation. By his stripes were healed. The miraculous ministry of Jesus, therefore, is continued on through and in his own people. And, and God delights... You say, well, why, how can you explain then people that good people, bad things happening to good people? If I had a dollar for every time I have been asked that question. And I've gotten to the place I don't mind just breaking down right there and talking in tongues. Woo! Woo! Right in the middle of Kroger. You try it sometime. You want to get a revival going. Woo! Hallelujah. What's wrong? You just asked me why do... Bad things happen to good people. Woo! Hallelujah! They weren't expecting that. <laughs> Not many people are expecting that answer when, when they do that. And they're usually talking about me. They'll say, well, you, Reverend, just think of it. Why did all that you had to, this or the other thing and so on. Well, the truth of the matter is I don't have to know the answer to that. All I have to know is that it's all covered by the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the way, if you start that, you've got to also go to, well, why do some people have a billion and then I only have $2? As though that's unfair. Folks, I want to tell you something. You don't need a billion dollars to have joy, joy, joy. Hallelujah. You don't need this world's goods to have everything God provided for you. Praise God. Okay, let's go to the next one. I, I'm, I'm afraid to even look. I'm trying. I'm trying. Lord, I'm trying. Okay, here we go. Now we're looking at 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ, would you see the words up there in the black? Let's read that together. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. There's no such thing as having your sins taken away if Christ wasn't raised the death the burial and the resurrection now some people they want to repent but they don't want to be baptized and they think they're going to tell god well god i, I don't i don't get wet one time i was 
trying to, the guy wanted to get baptized, and he said, that's too cold. I'm not getting baptized. It wasn't here, but I'm just saying. And I said, sir, listen to me. Don't walk away from this baptistry. Don't walk away from this baptistry because it's a little cold. And it, it, it might have been a little cold. I don't remember. I was in the water. All right. So the death, the burial, and the resurrection, they cannot be separated. You can't say, well, he died on the cross. Some people, you know, they perpetually live as though he's on a cross. Folks, he was on a cross, but he was buried, and he rose again. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands one more time. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. All right, okay, so, <coughs> so the point is, um, one of these waters is mine. I'm going to take this one. So the point is that, oh, I'm sorry. If I didn't, I wouldn't do that. Okay, the point is, if I can remember it, that he is alive. If he's not living, if he's not alive, then everything is vain, Paul says. So the power of Jesus to break the chains of sin depends upon his power to break the power of death, which, of course, he only did if he rose from the grave and is alive forevermore. And based upon that, I shall also. Someone said, oh, my goodness, we're all going to die. Folks, let me tell you something. Even though you die, yet shall you live because he rose from the dead and he is living. So he breaks the chains of sin. If you reject the truth of his death, burial, and resurrection, you have no salvation. There is no salvation apart from it. No such thing. You say, well, I'll be, I'm a real good person, and I this and I that, and I chew gum on Saturdays. That, that's not going to save you. I don't care if it's uh, what, what you're doing on Saturdays. You're not going to be saved just because you are a nice individual. And, and let, me, let me say this. People ought to be nice, and I think it's a good thing, and I, I applaud people that are nice, but don't think that because you're nice, that is salvation. You say, why would you say that? Well, because salvation is far more important than me being someone's favorite person. You need to repent of sin and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance and walk with God. That's what you have to do and need to do. Praise God. And every step of that is rooted and based upon and dependent upon the, his breaking the power of death at the cross. So if there's no resurrection, there's no effect over sin, and we remain in sin. That's basically Paul's point. Okay, let's go to the next one. Okay, because now we're kind of rushing uh, <laughs> a little bit here. Okay, now let's talk about the resurrection since it is close to Easter, and I want to look at Matthew uh, uh, 28, where we come to Matthew's, uh, a few things Matthew says about the resurrection. So first of all, these are eyewitnesses. These accounts that we read about are not somebody went down and wrote a comic book and said, here's Superman. These are eyewitnesses. Jesus was seen alive 
after his death. So first of all, Matthew 28, I won't go there. I won't, I've only got one little snippet of it right there. But number one, there was an earthquake. Everyone say earthquake, which is very interesting. Woo, hallelujah. Uh, some people just think it was a lovely little morning and everybody got up and there was a little dew on the rose. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, that's not the way it happened. There was an earthquake, folks. And then, secondly, an angel rolls back and sits on the stone that was in front of, of the tomb. And then this angel had a countenance like lightning. Okay, now I'm going to weigh in on it because I'm, I'm teaching and preaching and I, I, I want to weigh in on that. Um, anybody here, just, just, just a little bit, I, I can... Uh, <laughs> um, Okay, <clears throat> I can see I'm on my own here. Any of you ever seen someone that you could say they had a countenance like it looked like lightning? <laughs> well, in other words, it's not very common. It's very rare. Uh, I would suggest perhaps never. I don't recall ever hearing this description, even of angels in other circumstances. Now, there's other places in Scripture where angels are described in very unique ways. But these angels, this angel rolls back, sits on the stone, and he has a countenance like lightning. So I'm going to suggest, okay, you, I didn't say insist. I didn't say that's the only way it could possibly be because there's no way to know for sure. Because it's, no one's ever seen it. Nobody in this room ever saw it. I never saw it. I never met anybody that ever saw it. I'm going to suggest that the very sight of their countenance was like the sight of the flash of lightning. So I'm going to suggest it was as though they were as bright as a bolt of lightning. That's what I'm going to suggest. Now, it could be other things. I could think of several. But I'm I'm somewhat convinced that they were so full of light that it was like, like, I mean, just think of the things you could have said. But you say, of course, I know the Bible is inspired. I'm not trying to say that. But uh, like, a, like lightning. It didn't say like a flash of lightning. So, I mean, although it could have, it said like lightning. I'm going to suggest just like it would flash and it's it's. The intensity of that light was so amazing, that's what they saw. So we've already got two things in Matthew, and we're already seeing that the resurrection. So let me tell you, here's, I don't know how much time I got. I'm afraid to even look. Okay, so let's say then the devil says you can't be healed. You need to say to the devil, I claim authority on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you want to, you could, no, I'm just kidding. I'm having way too much fun, and y'all look like you're, you're not having near as much fun as I am. Okay, so uh, you could say, uh, uh, just like that angel that was so bright, I, if, if that can happen, if an earthquake could happen, I claim it. Praise God. They say it's a, it's a million dollars. You're never going to pay it. I claim authority in the name of Jesus. I believe him above everything else. Hallelujah. And then the guards shook. 
Now, that could just mean they were nervous. I, I admit that. It, I mean, I've seen people be so nervous they shook. So I, I, that may be all that it means. But it doesn't mean that's all. It may not just be that they were very nervous. I think it would be amazing if Roman, of course, these were uh, temple guards, of course. But if they were uh, so nervous that they were shaking. And you ever heard that expression? Is that okay? Shaking in their boots. That's, I've heard that one. Uh, and they fell as if dead. None of that sounds normal to me. Do you know anybody that got so nervous they fell as though they were dead? I mean, I, I, okay, I've seen a few people who were so nervous that I thought they were dead. Hello? Hello? I've seen a few. Hey? Earth to... But I've never seen them just keel right over like they were dead. Something going on here. Now, I know some of I, I've, and the folks that don't believe in the resurrection, I talk to them all the time, all the time. I don't believe in all of that. I said, I figured that out. I figured that out. But I usually say, because, you know, they're pretty bold. Isn't that pretty bold to say I don't believe in any of that when they know that's my faith? And I, I, they have a right to do that. This is a free country, or should be, and hope it remains to be so. That I, then if they're bold to say they don't, then we should be bold to say, I do believe it. I believe he died on a cross. And I believe he was buried in the tomb. And on the third day, on the third day, praise God. The guards were falling like dead men and the earth was shaking and angels were so bright you could hardly, uh, whatever was going on, they were like lightning. And the angel said to the woman, oh, I want so much to finish this lesson. Okay, he, let's read it together. He is risen. Come see and tell his disciples. All right, let's see. Let's, uh, uh, one, one, more, one more slide. So on the way, the Bible says that Jesus met them and said, rejoice. That's, that's the basic Greek word. Uh, the King James says, hail, which, of course, is great. Uh, then they held his feet, as it were. Uh, Matthew says they actually held on to his feet, and they worshiped him. I think we ought to stand and worship him this morning. Could we just stand all across the building today? I, my time, I don't want to infringe on the worship time, but I want us to pray. I want us to worship God today. If you have a need today, let me, let me say this. I know I didn't cover. We, folks, we didn't even we didn't get into any of it. But here's the thing. Let's say you have a need today that you don't know how you're ever going to have it. Worship the Lord. And you watch what God does on your behalf. But let's lift, lift our hearts together and let's praise him. Father, we thank you today because you are alive and well. Lord, you are a blessing and your will is being done. Lord, here we are, Lord, just frail vessels before you, God. But we are not ashamed of you and we are not afraid to stand, Lord, and declare your mighty power. Father, you're alive and powerful. We are weak and, and weary, but you, Lord, are mighty and glorious. 
And because of your victory, we stand in that victory as well. Lord, I pray right now for everybody in this building. Needs that are overwhelming at times. Some don't know how they're even going to make it. Some are sick today. And some are troubled and have loved ones that are deeply in trouble. But we are believing and trusting you because you have won the victory. Praise God. Can we just clap our hands and thank you for it right now? Folks are gathering and uh, we've had a good time. Uh, I, I apologize. I, I, I really, <laughs> Lord, I really thought we could cover more ground than that. But uh, I don't know. We needed, I feel so strong. We need a whole full lesson on healing and so many things we need to think about. But uh, this is it for this little series on healing. We'll come back to it some other, whatever the Lord tells us to do.